Good morning. Welcome to episode 110 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. Today I am recording this on a Saturday, and Saturdays um, don't have the hustle and bustle that Monday through Fridays have. I'm not getting my kids off to school and checking boxes on a to-do list that seems to be growing (laughs) to be a mile long. Saturdays are days where I used to have so much time to myself because it was my long run days and um, I don't know I've always just been in a place where Saturdays are the best days because anything can happen on a Saturday. Today I was taking some extended quiet time and um, I was reading in my devotion. I read um, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, every day. And I have done so since, I believe, 2015 or 2016, maybe even 2014. Um, but I I began dating things back in 2016, dating in my Bible and dating in my devotional. So the scripture that... Um, was in the devotional today was Romans 6 4 talking about being buried with Christ even so also we should be walking in the newness of Christ and Oswald was talking about being being buried with Jesus being resurrected with Jesus and have we actually had this white funeral this death of ourselves? Do we have a day in our lives where we can look back and say, this was the day that I died Um, and then was resurrected to one life with God, to one purpose, which is to be a witness to God, to be a witness to God, to be a witness of God, and to um, live out our days accordingly. Oswald wrote in my last days, being able to identify the day that I died. Death means that I stopped being. And not that we're striving to go to death, um, but it is just an actual dying where I no longer lived, but it is Christ who lives in me. And as I was thinking back on my last years and and asking myself, have I truly died? I can say yes and amen. And I know the day, the date of the day that I made a covenant with God. But there's also other parts of me that, that spring forward and say, you're still not dead here. You're still, you're still striving here. You're still, salvation needs to come in these places of my life too, in these places of my heart. I know that in, um, lately the podcast and everything that I've been putting out has been focused on food freedom and emotional eating. Um, and we will eventually be moving away from solely being focused on that and moving more into a holistic way of coaching and thinking and doing and being that is take back your territory but today on this Saturday knowing that weekends are hard 
not only are we out of our routines, we're out of our um, the daily things that we go about doing. Sometimes weekends are places of vulnerability and spaces in our week where we can be afraid because we're in different situations than we normally are. Maybe we're with friends or with family. Maybe we're completely locked down because of, you know, what's going on in the world today. Um, I used to look forward to weekends because all hell would break loose and I would go completely off the rails and um, lose control. And it was almost like during the week with food, I was looking forward to the weekend because that's when I could just break free from all the restriction. But I also was afraid of the weekends because it was like I was two completely different people. I was who I am and the disciplined part of me, the controlled part of me, Monday through Friday. But generally around 4 p.m. on Friday until, you know, 6 p.m. on Sunday, I was this alternate person. I was this person that didn't have self-control, that didn't care about her health, that didn't care about her future. And it was almost like I exchanged freedom for shame because because it was Friday. And it wasn't that I ever felt good losing control. It wasn't that I ever enjoyed it. There was always this connotation of, why are you doing this? You're not, you shouldn't be doing this because you were made for more than this. And so just like even coming to the question of have I had my white funeral, have I truly died, it feels like there's still an inner wrestling within me that I'm still taking off the old man. I'm still being renewed in the spirit of my mind and I'm still putting on the new man. And it seems like the Holy Spirit is putting his thumb on different areas of my life and it comes with the understanding that I need to surrender, that I'm not going to be able to fix myself or clean myself up or be good enough to find headway in certain areas, but that I actually need to surrender them over to, over to the Lord and say, you know, I don't have this. I don't got this. You're going to have to show me how to do this. Because I could strive and I could do it in my own strength and I could show you what how good I am, but it's still going to be filthy rags. So there's definitely still wrestling going on. The thing that I wanted to talk to you about today is contentment. And I'm going to be kind of focusing on this because it is my word for 2022. And I am um, starting to write another book. It is going to be a devotional And it's going to focus on, obviously, more than just contentment. Um, But contentment is the first chapter. It is the first month. It is the January month of the book. And I have things that I have to learn in order for me to be able to write about them and have clear thoughts on them. So whenever I go about cultivating something or changing a pattern in my life or changing a belief system... I grow the most 
when I go inward. I grow the most when I get reflective and introspective and, and journal and really think my thoughts and feel my feelings and ask myself hard questions. And so if you've been following me for a while, or you've read my book, you will understand that I'll make a simple point. It's loaded with perspective and then I just ask poignant questions. So what I did in the Food Freedom book is the same thing that I do to myself. Here's what I know and and here's a challenge to get to know more, to ask, to, um, to cultivate, to dig, to pull rocks up, to pull roots up, and to really get an understanding of myself, to get an understanding of God, to get an understanding of how I react to the world around me. And I've always been this way. <laughs> I didn't learn how to do this. I didn't read a book and go, oh, I just need to be introspective. This is just who I am. And um, I guess I like that about myself. So what I've noticed in my own walk is that when I'm not emotionally eating and when I'm not on my game, really, and like being aware and being present and, and paying attention, emotionally, I will check out in other ways. I will do it scrolling on my phone or um, even shopping. And those are really kind of the two things that I gravitate towards because it's easy and it's right there and it's in my hand and I can buy things with this thing in my hands and I can and I can totally just dumb out on this thing that I can hold in my hand. And so I know that I need a boundary around my phone. I know that I need a boundary around social media and um, I'm, I'm coming out of a season of pushing and marketing and now that we're moving into coaching, I kind of feel my, my soul, my heart needs to rest and I need to take the apps off my phone and just, you know, be a little bit more present and not so push, push, push. So in emotions, the emotion that I will generally gravitate towards, obviously, as a human, is fear. And when I'm afraid, I do things, we do things, to not feel that fear. But as we've learned is that if we're not looking at fear in the face, if we're not kind of staring it down and saying, actually, I'm not afraid of you, um, then it will morph and it will change and it will become this thing that we do. I don't know why you emotionally eat. I don't know why you dissociate into food. But you do. And God does. And so being inquisitive and asking yourself questions and, and going inward and really just being your own friend is one of the best ways that you can start breaking free. To be honest with you, when I go and I look at my core fears, when I see the reasons why I do the things that I do with emotional eating or with other 
ways of emotional coping that are unhealthy. It goes back to fear. Fear of failure, fear of man, fear of success, fear of being false, fear of being an imposter, fear of kind of all of this going nowhere. But at the base of all of that, all of the, the base of the things that I can actually put words to, it's really fear of being alone. It goes back to that rejection and the abandonment, which is kind of this banner over my life that I've had to overcome. But there's still a part of my brain and there's still a part of my soul that And maybe it's just my own human nature. Maybe it's just our humanity that says we, we don't want to be alone. That I don't want to feel alone. That I don't want to feel that I'm in this by myself. And I think that's why, you know, in the Bible, it says do not fear 365 times. And, it, and Jesus and, and God said that, that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that he will always be with us. And that's why... He, Jesus ascended so that he could send the Holy Spirit to abide in us and to dwell in us and to be with us as a down payment, as a seal of eternity with him. And so when I'm pushing into fear and this feeling of emptiness and this feeling of loneliness, it, it is a childhood thing. And it's a resting that my heart needs. It's a resting that my heart needs. And so when I when I go inward and I think about contentment and I think about resting, the word that often well that comes for me is the word enough. And when we go to binge eating and emotional eating, when we overeat, there is a, it's like a a provocation of, I don't have enough. I'm not enough. It's almost a poverty mindset, an orphan heart, a scarcity mindset. And so like I talked about in the book, we, we have to come into and we have to cultivate this you know, mindset of abundance and this belief that we are loved and, and these different things. But when we're not paying attention to what's going on in our hearts, when we don't have the awareness that this is, this is how I feel, this is my core feeling, this is at the base of the things that I do, we have to be renewed in that place. And so the word that the Lord continues to give me is the word enough. I was praying this morning and I said, you know, why can't I just be the woman at the well? Why can't I just be her in John 4? The Samaritan woman who didn't go get water in the hot, the heat of the day because she didn't want to be taunted by the people because she was living in shame. She was living in sin, but she was also living in shame. And so she got her water at the hottest part of the day when nobody else was there. But that one day Jesus was there to meet her. Why can't I be that woman who 
Jesus is sitting down next to her and says, everything about her, he, he, told, he told this woman, everything that ever happened to her, every mindset, everything that she believed, every emotion that she felt, and every thing that she did, because he knew. But he didn't shame her, he didn't judge her. He said, I know what you need and I have it, I, I can give it to you, I can offer it to you. And she said, well, give it to me. And once she had received this fullness, this living water of Christ, she was forever changed and she went to her town and, and she was no longer afraid and she was no longer hiding. She said, come meet a man who told me everything. He told me, he told me everything about my life. He knew everything about me. And the undercurrent that I get when I, when I read that in John 4 is that she was no longer ashamed and she was no longer afraid because she had this living water now. She had this contentment now. She had this fulfillment and this satisfaction that she was loved no matter what she had done. Scarcity and this orphan heart and this sin consciousness was gone just because she had a conversation with Christ. I wish I could be the woman at the well. <laughs> who is dramatically changed by one conversation and the, and the fear and the shame and the guilt and the condemnation whether it be self-imposed or, or socially imposed my question as I'm, as I'm kind of thinking through this and talking with you about this is did she stay that way or was she like me where she had to go find Jesus again so that he could remind her this is who you are and this is who I am and this is what I see and I'm not here to shame you and I'm not here to judge you I'm just here to love you so go and sin no more when I think about the Samaritan woman I think of the words redemption and deliverance and salvation because what happened to her that day happened to me. Or I did have a white funeral. I did have a death. But sometimes I have to be reminded of it. When we go to things other than God, at least for me personally, there is a voice in me that says, I, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. But when we go to God, when we, when we actually believe, and when those parts of us have become healed, and maybe they need reminding, maybe they have amnesia here and there, But what he says to us 
because of our faith in Christ, not because of works, not because we've earned it, not because that we're so great. It's, it's only because of our faith and we are God's creation and he is creator and because he loves us. But we are enough. You are enough. And you have enough. You have everything you need. You have the Holy Spirit that resides inside you. When I was, this is a couple years ago, when I was in the throes of, of shame and condemnation and, and dying to myself, it, it's very, un, dying is uncomfortable. And the thing that is kind of always in front of us is, at least for me, it was obviously fear and shame. But there was a performance. There was a, um, well, I have to earn it. I have to be good enough. I have to be perfect. And <clears throat> I was even told, if you know my story, you know that we have a, a special needs daughter. She was born with birth defects, and we've walked through hundreds of sicknesses and five major surgeries and just for 10 years and and the Lord has been good and faithful in all of it but there was there's three years in there where I was I was so angry with the Lord because he had asked me he had said you know because you pray you pray for your kids and I was on my knees and my face over this one fast so I fasted for three days, you know, only water. And and um, this was years ago. I think she was two. Well, it would have been 2014. So she was three. And so I fasted for three days. I water fasted. And, and I remember I was painting my kitchen. I lived at a farm and I was painting my kitchen. And I felt this peace wash over me. And he said, it's finished, it's done. And so that night, or maybe it was the next day, I went to put her breathing treatment on. She had a vest and she had a neb that she has to do every day. And I heard this other voice in my head that says, where is your faithfulness now? And at the time, I didn't realize the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of my father, the voice of his Holy Spirit. And I felt this conviction and I felt this oh I have to do something I have to I have to I have to prove my faithfulness to him and so I sent back these medical devices that um, basically was keeping my kid alive because I believed that God had healed her and I stopped all of the medications and all of the treatments and about a year later, she almost died. And when she almost died a year later, she went into septic shock. I became hardened. I became angry with the Lord. And I didn't know it. 
But for about three and a half years after that, every month we were in the ICU and she was sick and we got the vest back, we got her breathing treatments back, we got all the, the new medication and I just I was just like, I thought you healed her. And my heart was bitter and I was angry and every time she coughed, which was every day, this anxiety rose, this panic rose, this anger rose and I was like, I thought, I thought you healed her. And I lived that way for years and it wasn't until I had this dream and the Lord spoke to me and he said, you've been mad at me because I didn't heal her the way you wanted me to heal her. And I didn't heal her in the time that you wanted me to heal her. And I believed this lie that someone had said to me back then that it was my fault, that there must have been some sin in my life. And that was the reason that she was still getting sick. It was my fault. So I went into striving and perfectionism and believing that that I was the cause of her being sick. That parts of me needed to die so that she could be healed. And when I learned that that was not the character of God that he does not inflict pain or sickness or disease. That is not in his nature. He does not inflict it. Will he use it? Does he allow it? Yes. But it is not in his nature to inflict it. When the Lord revealed to me that I was just a steward my daughter, that her life was between him and her, not me and him and her, and that I was to steward her and to do what needed to be done for her. And when I went through repentance, and I don't know why I'm talking about this, but here it is. When I went through repentance and I realized what I had done, and the Lord is so faithful. Um, he said to me, in my shame, in my fear, in my woe is me, and he said, was the cross enough? Was the cross enough for that? And obviously he knew the answer. But I had to come to a place in my heart where I said, yes, the cross was enough. And so what I want you to understand from me babbling for 28 minutes Was whatever, whatever you're feeling today, allow the Holy Spirit to come into it 
Allow yourself to ask the hard questions. What am I feeling? What's going on inside of me? Why am I going to food? Why am I reaching out? Why? What's going on? Ask yourself these questions. Ask the Lord these questions. For him to point these things out to us. But always try to come to the conclusion that the cross was enough. It was enough for all of the days, all of the moments, all of the things that have happened to you in your life. It was enough for your healing. It was enough for all of your sin, all of your mistakes that have already transpired. But it was also enough for today and for tomorrow and the next day and for your husband and for your family. The cross was enough. God was, he's already satisfied. It has already been paid for. The keys to death in Hades have already been taken back. And as believers, we are already sealed. We are already victorious and overcomers. Because the cross was enough. It took the cross. It took Jesus living in perfect life and dying and, and being resurrected. It took that. But he doesn't hang it over us and say, look what I had to do for you. No, he says, look what I've done. I did it for you. And it was enough. So even if you're like me and you still have some death that needs to be died, <laughs> You still have some surrendering. You still have some fear. You still have some shame that needs to be thrown off and some self-judgment and some self-condemnation. The cross is enough. And so I challenge you today to bring that statement into those places in your heart and in your mind and in your life and rather than continuing to speak death over yourself or your life or your body rather than continue to hold yourself to a standard that God himself doesn't hold you to the cross was enough So keep moving forward.